Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is something I found in my mom's bathroom cabinet. Uh, I was going through it this morning as I'm wont to do. I'm currently at her house, which is why you might hear birds chirping instead of the usual sirens wailing. But as I was going through her cabinet, which I would describe as eclectic, bougie, and expired, a trifecta in my personal opinion, I found a bottle of something that was just intriguing. And I pulled it out. And you know what it was? It was Celine Dion Spring in Paris. It is a flanker Celine Dion scent. This is the type of fragrance that only gets worn by two types of fragrance consumers. One, the deep fraghead who's like looking for the obscure deep cuts or someone who wears zero fragrances at all that somehow is just like, oh, I like Celine Dion. Yeah, I like springtime. Okay. And I would put my mom in the latter camp of the aforementioned uh, categories What is funny to me is that my mom just did like a spring bathroom clean out. I have never smelled this fragrance on her in my life. And it's just funny to picture her like throwing away, you know, all of these products and things that she never uses, but being like the Celine Dion stays and just putting it right back on that shelf. Anyway, mom, if you're listening, I tried it out so that you don't have to. And I'm happy to report that I don't think I uncovered any sort of hidden gem. I think it is a, an appropriately covered gem. It's perfectly pleasant, nothing more, nothing less. It is a dewy, floral tea scent. I definitely get Lily of the Valley. I get a very strong tea note. And it's giving me, like, if you know Elizabeth Arden Green Tea, if you know Estee Lauder Pleasures, if you know Avon Haiku, it feels like somewhere straddling all three of those. Definitely, like, dewy, fresh, soft, floral calming, easy to wear, not something to write home about, not something that I'd necessarily reach for, but I am very intrigued by this genre, right? The sort of like rarely spoken about celebrity fragrances. We talk all the time about Britney Spears fragrances, about Ariana Grande scents, Sarah Jessica Parker, Elizabeth Taylor. What about the ones that don't get the airtime that they deserve or maybe don't deserve? Like, have you tried the Anthony Hopkins scent? Have you tried the Sofia Vergara scent. Have you tried the 50 cent fragrance? It felt weird to say 50 cent scent. Have you tried Antonio Banderos's scents? I've actually heard they are pretty good. Tell me if you are listening to this and you have thoughts, I want to hear them. But this is all a great segue because today's guest is someone who should indeed have a celebrity scent. And in fact, in this episode, we discuss what said scent would smell like if it did in fact exist. Today, I am joined by the icon, the legend, the patron state of outsiders, Margaret Cho. I know I also am in disbelief that I just said that. Margaret Cho is one of my personal heroes. She is one of my comedic influences, truly a master at her craft. And both on and off stage, Margaret is an advocate and activist for outsiders and disenfranchised people in a way that packs as deep a punch as it does a laugh. She is so insanely talented. She is so insanely funny. She's a five-time Grammy-nominated comedian, Emmy-nominated actor, musician, activist, entrepreneur, and artist. What doesn't Margaret Cho do? In this past month alone, Margaret starred in Hulu's breakout film of the summer, Fire Island, and was a featured stand-up in Netflix's newest comedy special, Standout, which celebrates LGBTQ comedy legends and rising stars alike. And she's about to go on tour. Do not worry, I will link her tour dates in the notes of this episode. 
And a little lesser known fact, and one that all of us are now privileged enough to enjoy, Margaret is also a fraghead. This checks out because, of course, only the best people love fragrance. Margaret shares her most fragrant stories, her personal fragrance timeline, favorites from her collection. We talk everything from Secretion Magnifique to what actually makes a scent intimate. She discusses the scents that she wears on stage versus to bed, why unpleasant smells can actually be beautiful, and that is also a great segue to how she scents her cat's litter boxes. Surprise, it's niche. Margaret is self-proclaimed more stem than bloom, and I freaking love that. This was such a fun episode. It was fraghead to fraghead, talking the talk, smelling the smell. It is my great honor to introduce Margaret Cho. Margaret, welcome to the Perfume Room. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk to you. When I found out you were a fellow fragrance lover, I was just like, the stars are aligning. This is everything I've wanted and more. So I must know, what are you currently wearing? Today, I'm wearing Feel, feel All Anguille. It's Serge Luton's. It's, mm. um, oh, yes. The Feel en Ague. I think it means like something about like the girl of pine needles, but it's a very um, beautiful. It's actually probably my favorite fragrance. I think it's definitely one of the more expensive fragrances. Mm-hmm. It's a very strong. Um, it's hot here, you know, and uh, and to me, it actually, it's kind of a wintry fragrance. And I usually don't wear it in the summer. If I I will put it on, I'll put it on my lampshades in the summer. Yeah, I heard. Okay, so I was listening to another podcast where you talk about how you've scented lampshades and light bulbs. Yes. Right? Yes. What made you start doing that and what goes on when you do it? Part of it had to do with a lot of the fragrances that I wanted to wear were not uh, approved for skin. So it was actually the um, the Labo home line. So they have like Petit Grand and um, Santal 26, not 33. And mm-hmm. they have a Fig 19, and they have all of the uh, Ocedra 11. Um, so they have all these beautiful fragrances, but they said um, they're not for skin, but you could spray your coats, which you, which I've done. But I mm-hmm. also found that you could also do really well, like lampshades and um, light bulbs. And uh, mm. so I often, I mean, I often use my personal fragrance too, but I started doing lampshades and stuff like that and pillows um, with those uh, initial like home Lalabo fragrances. Scent is so important and um, people often think, oh, I could, I've got to save this for uh, a date or a special night out, but really um, it's for your whole life, you know, and and I think that uh, the most important time for perfume is actually before I go to bed. Is that when you're wearing Secretion Magnifique? Secretion Magnifique is kind of like a really, I don't have any more now. It's a special treat. Um, It's also, people really don't like it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, they don't like when I have it on. I think they don't like the idea of it more than they don't like the fragrance. It is a very strange fragrance and it's supposed to be um, based on semen. Yeah. But I think it smells um, like... uh, old milk that went swimming so it's like a dairy chlorine ammoniated smell and that's the special occasion 
scent. That only had a sample of it. I went to this perfume store in France, and they it was in Paris, and they I asked for it. I wanted to buy a bottle, but they only had like a decant and then they I wanted to just smell it and so they took me around the corner down the street to smell the blotter they wouldn't spray it in the store which I totally understand but uh, I got a little um decant there which is all gone now but uh, I had um you know this sort of fascination with it I don't know if it's whole bottle worthy because it Mm -hmm. is I may be discontinued, actually. It's kind of pricey. I don't think it's on the, mm-hmm. the Etat Libre Orange website anymore. But um, mm. it's, a, it's a fascinating fragrance. It, it is, like, supposed to be semen, but it smells more like swimming in milk. Yeah. You know, to me, I've always gotten, like, sort of like a metallic, like, bloody milk vibe, like, sort of like what you were saying. And I guess yeah. I just had, like, a, I had a visceral reaction to that one. Someone actually brought it when I recorded this podcast live, and I smelled it, and I actually, like, gagged. And then I just, and then, you know, as you, as it is, we like to smell things that are disgusting, um, whether it's Secretion Magnifique, in my opinion, or something else. And so I kept re-smelling it, being like, what about now? What about now? And every single time I just sniff, gag, sniff, gag, sniff, gag. But it is, it is gaggy and weird. And um, to me, it's like one of those private scents, but that's not a bed scent. To me, a bed scent would be um, Portrait of a Lady. Ooh. Or, okay. Um, that's a good bed scent. Also, um, I do love uh, Poets of Berlin, wow, which is a good okay. a bed scent. Um, a Calyx has been sort of my enduring bed mm-hmm. scent. Um, I'll definitely do, I think it's called Belle Attanger, which is a discontinued Byredo. Okay. Um, but uh, th- there's certain ones that are just, they're just so private. I think... When I go lay in bed with Portrait of a Lady, I really do feel like I am in an Edith Wharton novel. Like I feel like so fancy because it's it's such a beautiful fragrance, and um, I just feel so. Uh, I don't know. It it, it it's it's something um, that is really it, it's perfect. If you feel so decadent in bed with that, especially if you got like these. Uh, beautiful beautiful linen sheets and you know I'm just all cozy in there with my animals and so that's a very it's a very nice scent to go to bed with it's like a very regal bedtime like you're in like some like chamber in a castle or something and you're you're just ready to unwind yeah like I want to wash my face in like a porcelain basin in the corner of my room (laughs) (laughs) if you wear that you need a clawfoot tub in your bedroom (laughs) Yeah, that that servants bring in, you know, like I, I mm-hmm. really do feel like it's like Valmont or, uh, you know, like dangerous liaisons kind of territory. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's such a, a I don't know. Portrait of a Lady is such a beautiful scent, but it is it is it's, it's so enormous that all I want to do is just lay there and smell it. So it's perfect for laying in bed, um, going to sleep. That's usually my perfume time is right before. I uh, go to bed is I'll put on perfume. Wow. Okay. So interesting. So for you, perfume is really like a personal thing and it's, it's really a for you experience. Yeah. It's, it's really not about um, going out. It's not about getting ready, going on dates. If I go out and I wear a scent, the, the scent that I'll probably go for is like a skin scent, something like another 13, Mm, which is a pretty close, very clean skin scent, or Super Cedar, which is another uh, 
It's a Byredo. It's very, it smells like number two pencils. It smells like you're taking the SAT. <laughs> it's a very number two pencil uh, experience. Or you're going yeah. up to the class and you're, you're actually um, going to um, sharpen the pencil in uh, a manual pencil sharpener. Yeah, it's um, that super like shaving, pencil shaving, cedary smell which i i love that smell um but it's really to me that that's kind of uh where i would go maybe maybe like a green tea smell or like um mm. a vetiver extraordinaire mm-hmm. i would do that um it, rarely is it a like a a, a tuberose or like a white flowers or something as as uh, you know intimate i think i i think of like portrait of ladies being very intimate and very erotic as a smell right Right. So it seems like when you're wearing perfume that you know other people are going to smell, it's like a more, you go for something a little more grounded. Yeah, grounded and also um, not gendered, like whether it's mm-hmm. like a Glossier U or mm-hmm. um, not a perfume by Juliet Has a Gun. Yeah, yeah. Something that's kind of like, or, you know, my actually my favorite for that is Gaiac 10. Love Gaiac 10. So good. I love so good. I love that. That that would be like my signature scent if I were mm-hmm. to uh, go out and like that's what I'm wearing. You like usually if I do a show or doing a performance, I'm wearing Gayak 10. There's something about mm-hmm. like a work lady. Um, there used to be a, a, a 80s perfume called Charlie. Mm-hmm. And the ads were like kind of similar to the Virginia Slims ad where you've come a long way, baby. There was sort of like women are part of the working class and right. we're going to we're going to wear this fragrance. And it's it sort of uh, that that's kind of how I feel when I wear a guy at 10. It's Charlie. And then like yes. she's like walking around and like waving to everyone who like helps her. And it's just like, it's Charlie. I love that. It's Charlie. It's such yeah. a, so, I, I don't know. So I remember so much stuff in the 80, 80s, like was sort of like around identity and fragrance. Like mm-hmm. if a man you don't know brings you flowers. Well, I, I think of that as being very stalkery, but that was kind of like <laughs> the way that they would market body sprays and um, stuff like that. But uh, Charlie was one that was kind of for the working woman. Um, there was Ginate, which mm-hmm. I have a very large, almost like a two-liter bottle of in my uh, bathtub. So I have like Ooh, a wow. ledge around my bathtub. That's probably for plants, but I really, I put like giant, um, this giant perfume jug. And not because I don't necessarily love the scent. I don't really understand the scent. And I think it's gone bad because I think it actually is probably from the 80s. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> it's, I just wanted that giant bottle that sort of like, promised real womanhood in my mind it was like i was going to grow up to be a person that has one of these in their bathroom so i have one let's go back to the beginnings like when did you first get into fragrance i think i've always really loved it although um my parents had a very uh sort of severe ideas of what they should smell like so my dad only wore old spice Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, which I actually really like. Yeah, the original Old Spice was like a really nice, like classic cologne type smell. Like I feel like what you yeah. smell in a in a CVS today is different than the actual splash of Old Spice. Like the Old Spice of the, of your, it came in like a ceramic bottle mm-hmm. that was like, oh, I'm a sailor. But it, <laughs> and it, I think it was just so that the juice wouldn't go bad. And um, right. it was like sort of marketed as an aftershave, not really a cologne. So you would you, you splashed it on your face to like close your pores after after shaving. But there was something about the smell that reminds me of like barbershops or 
you know, if you're going to like uh, shave with a straight razor, um, mm-hmm. there's something really delicious and masculine about it. And then my mom only wore the Estee Lauder perfume that came with uh, free with the set. So it was like an atomizer um, that came with a, like, you know, those ones where it's like a bottle, but then like a gold ball that you would press and then the, the perfume would come out. So she only wore that uh, when they would go to um, like the symphony. So it was it was more like, uh, and I really, it was all aldehydes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really build a, a functional relationship with loving these perfumes until Love's Baby Soft, which is an 80s perfume that was marketed to, I think, teenagers and even preteens. And um, there was... Uh, a kind of a sort of a bottle that was like, um, it looked like a roll on and Mm -hmm. I think it was very pink and I think it sort of smelled like baby powder, but I really, uh, love the idea of love's baby stuff, like a a perfume for children. And then my friend had another scent called Anais Anais Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. uh, is very department store. And it's really, that's like a very, I think it's like a rose scent, um, which I also have a bottle of Anaisa and Anais, and I, I think it's also gone bad, but I, I still love the sentiment of it. And um, but and then I, I think later on, then you you had the um, stores that you would go and they would give you uh, a, an unscented lotion, and then you would go to the scent bar and decide on a scent, and they would scent the lotion for you. Oh, that's cool! I don't think I ever saw that. That's cool. That was kind of a a thing of uh, that sort of like late 80s um, gift shop thing where they would have like a lot of uh, body products and different um, like shea butters and then they would like scent it for you. So that I think I would love like China Rain and um, heavy Mugay scents and like a a very literal strawberry. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess it was sort of essential oils that they were doing. I, I love the idea of that. So I had a lot of those. Okay, well, I was doing a little, um, you know, just creeping on the internet, and I came across a post, a blog post you wrote years, ago, like a decade ago, and you talked about um, Byredo Blanche, and you also told a, story, a crazy story about, like, getting harassed in Cannes, which I'm so sorry that that happened to you, and we certainly do not have to talk about that, but you talked about how it was one of the first fragrances that you smelled that you were like, oh, this is me, like, this is, this bottle captures who I am. Yes, actually, that was a really that was a really weird time. I was in Cannes. This was about a te- exactly ten years ago, and um, it it was uh, so bizarre. I got attacked by a full family wearing jumpsuits. All they were all wearing so tracksuits. Psycho! But like what the primary heck? colors? It was so weird. What and are they? Were they like, on a team? Like who does that? Is so odd. It was like a sport team. They were like. Uh, I don't know what what was going on. It was super weird. But so they chased me from this um, sort of like fashion store and I ran out the back and I they kept chasing me through the streets of Cannes. And then I ran into a perfume store and I just stayed there just to wait it out because I was so terrified. And the the uh, guy in there was really nice. And, and he just um you know, showed me like all this. He showed me Bar- Byredo, which was new yeah. at the time. And he was right. just showing me like all of the bottles. And he showed me a picture of Ben Gorman mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And like, it was really nice. Like it was really um, a very safe moment. And 
a quiet moment, but I could sort of collect my thoughts and feel safe with this guy, but also just smell these smells. And that kind of opened my eyes to uh, niche perfumery, which I think mm -hmm. uh, by rodeo now, I guess it wouldn't be so niche, but then it was very niche and that I, I felt a lot better, but it, I, I think it really attached me to the notion that, you know, uh, a signature scent really attaches you to a time in your life. And so whenever mm -hmm. I go back to Blanche, I remember that era and it's, it's really, it's really lovely. Well, it's interesting too, because you were talking about how your mom wore a scent that was very aldehydic and there's definitely like an aldehydic feel in that, but it feels more like modern and like cool than, you know, maybe like a classic aldehyde. So I feel like, I don't know. I think our roots are always like influencing where we're going. Yeah, there's something, Blanche is interesting because it's aldehydes and it's peppery though. I think it's the pink pepper um, that really spices up that uh, aldehydic uh, mm -hmm. white flowers thing. And it, it does bring it into a modern place, but also it really reminds me of um, sort of like icy blondes of the 1960s, like Catherine mm -hmm. Deneuve and, and Tippi mm -hmm. Hedren and um, very manicured femininity, which I, I always aspire to, but I never, I never actually really participated. I like the idea of it, but I don't ever mm -hmm. want to get that dressed up. So it's a, it's, it's a beautiful smell and it's, it, to me, it's very classy. And, uh, I think, uh, oh, that what it is, is that it really is, a marks an era in my life that I wore that exclusively. Well, I'm sorry that you discovered it in such a terrible way, but I, I'm glad that perfume was a literal refuge for you. And that I think yes. what you're saying about perfume being a marker of time is such a, such an interesting way to like sort of catalog your life and your memories of like associating it with a different scent. And I'm curious, are there different scents that you've worn, you know, as long as you've been into perfume that you associate with different times in your life? Absolutely. Um, and some that like, uh, I think that, that, well, this is my hot take. Um, I know that you have your hot take. I know, I know. But I just was so into the conversation that I kind of, you know, swayed away. But let's yeah. get back to your hot take. Uh, my hot take on perfume is that it is the most reliable time machine that we have. Yes. In that when you uh, attach a smell and, it, you know, it can be very purposeful or not purposeful, but you're going mm -hmm. to attach a smell to a period of time, no matter what that time is. Mm -hmm. And um, now I do it very purposefully and I really try to mark that era with a scent because as I get older, I realize that these scents are going to be... Um, a way for me to go back. So it's and it's really incredible. Like I think that um, whenever I smell calyx, which I know that you you talked to uh, somebody that was around marketing calyx mm -hmm. when it first came out yes. from Prescriptives and um, Clinique. The, this scent is so like 90s that when I smell it, I am really instantly transported as if in a time machine back to... Uh, Nordstrom in 1991 mm -hmm. and it, it, it's like the flood of not only the flood of memories but how you felt inside as a person at at that time like it doesn't it's not just a time machine where you go back to uh, the memory of something but you go back to the physical memory of who you were at that time and you know uh. your uh, smell sense of smell really locks you um into an era of your life. And so the longer that I'm alive, like I have to really consciously try to pin those scents down. So Blanche is really to me like 2010s. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, it, and uh, Gaiac to me is Gaiac 10 is like definitely like anytime I've been working between um, uh, 2018, 2019 to now, um, uh, you know, Love's Baby Soft is definitely then um, a very like literal essential oil patchouli to me is like hippie days in the late 80s, um, right. going out as a goth, going to raves. That's very, very patchouli. So these uh, scents are so evocative of time so that I think that what it does in my mind also, like since I'm approaching menopause, I have like loss of memory and things that I'm not like that really thrilled about. So I mm -hmm. think that when I surround myself with older fragrances that I remember from my youth, that brain power starts to, I don't know, be rejuvenated. Like I think I've, I've sort of found the fountain of youth in scent in that I can go back to the body I was, to the head I was at mm -hmm. that era when I first smelled that smell. When I smell oil of Olay, <laughs> It is so evocative. You know, the pink bottle, mm -hmm. it is, that's, it's a kind of a pearly pink smell that's so, um, I'm not sure exactly what it is. There's a coldness to it. Mm -hmm. There's a, a custardy quality to the mm. smell that is so, um, I can't believe how much I remember when I am presented with a fragrance in my nose. That and Dewberry, which they don't make at the body shop anymore, but I have a... Right smell alike which smells enough like it that i also like feel transported again to mm -hmm. uh the malls of the early 90s before we started recording you were talking about how um you were on the hunt for great dupes of dewberry on amazon how did it yes go? pretty good i found like um it was like a 20 dollar bottle of a fragrance oil that is really very dewberry. It is the weirdest smell, but it, in a sense, it's a lot like Calyx in that these 90s fragrances, they open with a fruit that is sort of like not really defined. It's kind of like a berry, but also like a plum, but also like a tropical fruit. And right. then it it uh, that sort of like fizzes away really fast and then leads into like the heart, which is some kind of a f white flower like and there's mm -hmm. no without indoles right so there's something about it like it in the um presentation of like it's fruit but now it's flower and then it dries down into something uh very um like a skin scent so mm -hmm. it, it that's a very sort of like the 90s progression of like smells from what i remember are you there god it's me emma not margaret though I do talk to her today. Are you loving this episode? I just want to remind you that I don't know if maybe you're feeling inspired to splurge on that niche or luxury scent you've been eyeing for a while. I do have some active affiliate discount codes that will get you an additional 10% off. On Lucky Scent, if you spend over $40, you can use the code PR10 at checkout. That's P as in perfume, R as in room. That gets you an additional 10% off. On Twisted Lily, the code is perfumeroom10. As you guys know, you get a 10% discount. I get a slight commission. I think we call that a little win-win. Uh, if you want something a little bit more in-depth, there is a link in my bio where you can book a personal consult with me. And of course, if you ever have any questions, if you are trying to get a gift for somebody or blind buy something, you can always DM me. I love helping with this kind of thing. So I'm into astrology and I have a friend who's an astrologer and she was telling me how the chart is actually karmic and cyclical. And so if you actually look at 
um, you know, like a, a Leo to a Virgo to a Libra to a Scorpio, each one, they're karmically like learning a lesson as the chart moves. And I feel like mm. with fragrance, like it, every single decade, there is like something that they learned from the previous decade and like refined and tweaked. So like you were saying in the 90s, like it's like this like f- this like fruit, this undefined like fruity facet that has like a like that sort of uh, white floral heart. And then I feel like the 2000s were like fruity, but like musky freesia. And then it progressed into like more musky skin. Like, I don't know. Do you agree that there's like a progression of how trends evolve? Yes. I think that we also got very uh, into, uh, I think like it moved into a woody area. And um, then it was all Santal 33 and Wonderwood. Um, Wonderwood and Santal 33 and Molecule One now are my um, like, my cat's bathroom scents. So <laughs> which I, w- I really wish that uh, Lalabo would make a kitty litter. Lalabo, if you're listening, you've done the home scent. Okay. <laughs> you've done the detergent. Where is the kitty litter? You were telling me that you put molecule one as a deodorizer in your cat litter. Yes. It's not the in the litter box. It's in the lamp that is next to uh, oh. the litter. Cause I use unscented litter but okay. the, the pine scent of the litter is evocative of, to me, it's like Molecule One. It's also Wonderwood. It's also Suntal 33. And it's all mm. like kind of combined. Makes a very warm, nice scent, I think. Yeah. Um, and also, t- it doesn't like bother the cats because it's not actually in the litter box. Okay. So it's sort of a, above the lamp above I, I scent. But it's like um, Molecule One to me also smells like, uh, you know, the starch that you spray on shirts? It's that smell. It's so it's very starchy. Yeah. And it's very clean. It's very almost like um it's really uh fancy Febreze. In a in mm. the best way. Because I, I love mm. Molecule One and I love Giza Showin. I think he's an incredible nose and incredible yeah. perfumer. But it's like so I think so many people got interested in niche perfumery from Molecule One. That was like kind of like the gateway drug from designer to mm-hmm. niche, I think. Yeah, it's a very good like in between. It's very palatable. And you know, it's interesting too, because when I first smelled, like I remember the first time I smelled DNG light blue, there's such a big cedar note in there. And the first thing mm-hmm. that my nose thought of was the smell of a pet store because there's so much cedar in like, if you go into a pet store, I don't know, I haven't been in one in a while, but they have those like hamster or at least they used to have like hamsters and things. And they always in like those rabbit and hamster cages, there were always like strong cedar like chips. And so I think Molecule One is like, it's like an ISO super fragrance, which smells very cedary, very pencil shavingy. So there's something there that I feel like maybe cedar counterbalances like animal or fecal odor, you know, like maybe you've cracked the code. There's something very um, neutralizing about mm-hmm. the molecule one, like the cedarness of it. It just picks up the pine scent of the litter mm-hmm. and it really it makes it into something really um, very pleasant, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's such a weird to me. Molecule one, just the just the molecule one. It to me is like not enough to wear just as a fragrance. To me, it's such a weird one because mm-hmm. it's like 
I do layer, and if at times I will use Molecule One to layer with other things, mm-hmm. just because I know that it sort of just attaches to my skin more deeply if I have that ISOE super in there. Have you tried the new Molecule One release? That's the um, overdose. Uh, there's three different ones. There's Molecule One plus Iris, Molecule One plus Mandarin, and Molecule One plus Patchouli, and it's like a new launch. I think that came out maybe this year or last year. I need to get those. I only have the molecule two, three, and four, which mm-hmm. all have different sort of um, concentrations of a woody scent. Right. Um, which I, I actually think are really beautiful. And mm-hmm. um, so I would love, because I love iris and I, I love mandarin. I love patchouli. So I think, yeah, I, I need to get those. I feel like you'd love them. And also another thing that has that's like popping up in my mind as I'm talking to you, have you tried... Frederick Mall Iris Poot because I feel like you'd love it if you haven't. I do. I have it and I love it. And it's one of those ones that's like very um, intimate as well. Mm-hmm. I think all I, I do, I think Frederick Mall, um, French lover mm-hmm. in uh, America, I think they call it Bois d'Orage. Right. I think right. they only call it in Fr- in France or in Europe, they only call it French lover there. I'm not sure exactly, but I, yeah. that one I love. I love Mus Ravageur. But oh, yeah. I don't necessarily love the uh, perfume. I love the hair perfume, and mm. I love the body cream. Interesting. For some reason, the actual Musgraveur, the the real formulation, the regular one, is a little bit. I use that less than I go for the hair perfume a lot, and then I go for the the body cream is is absolutely gorgeous. Um, also, Carnal Flower. Mm-hmm. is another very intimate, uh, very uh, bedtime fragrance that I, I absolutely love. I love the idea of just you putting carnal flower on before bed because I feel like it's so interesting. Like I see exactly what you say when you say it's like intimate, but to me it's such a powerhouse fragrance that it's like, I don't know, there's something just really lovely thinking about you being like, all right, let me unwind, carnal flower, fall asleep. Yeah. It's so beautiful to do that. Like sometimes I think one time I was on a plane and I smelled um, a woman uh, wearing portrait of a lady. And I was really like, that is really, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's just something so very overtly erotic about the scent that I I was like, I don't think I could actually make this a signature. I mean, to me, it's very, um, it is so forward. Yeah, that I I think to present in the world with a fragrance like that, it's just um, I mean, it smelled nice and I appreciated it. But at the same time, it smelled a little bit a little close Mm. on a plane. So I don't know, just maybe it's my own association Mm. with the smell. Um, But I think like for. uh, Yeah, for that, it it was a little bit it was it was a little it was a little shocking. (laughs) So so where do you fall on the um, the indoor scale? When you when you apply indoles in, in in heavy amounts, that there's something that's got, I don't know, there's got to lift it. Up. I think it just pulls down the energy so much mm-hmm. um, to a place that it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think that's like there's no fragrance to me that's inherently bad. It's more just like my associations with it. So, but indoles, I think in general, make me feel kind of like weighed down and, and tired mm. if that's sort of appropriate. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I was just in this presentation and they were talking about it's like scientifically proven that that people and I, I sort of mentioned this earlier, but like people like to smell things that put them off or that take their like make them sort of like, you know, wince when they smell it and it mm-hmm. makes you smell it more and more and more. And so so many perfumers will start like adding indoles and or indolic notes to their fragrances because it keeps people coming back because it sort of intrigues people of like, what am I smelling? Am I smelling shit? But we want to keep receiving it. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a really interesting thought. I mean, there's a couple of smells that I find really offensive, but I want to keep going back to there's, um, come de garçon celluloid. It's a galbanum uh-huh. mm-hmm. and it is so arresting. It sound it smells like uh, what I think that, Acro ink might smell like, which I, oh, I'm actually obsessed to try. Yeah. I really want to try acro ink because that's so up my alley. Uh, but yeah. uh, celluloid is a really, it's like, it's like a crash. It's like a car crash happening in your nose. And it's Ooh. all these very like icy, metallic, heavy notes, but it's it also smells like a can of film. It is so weird how Ooh. it really sh- it really literally smells like celluloid and it's very uh, it's unpleasant but it's also beautiful so it's hard to say like what maybe I'm like that I think I'm also like that with another um, fragrance called Jersey which is um, it's a one the Chanel exclusives mm-hmm. and it's supposed to smell like bolts of the fabric after it's kind of been been like pressed and taken out of the fabric house it's like something it's very uh factory smelling Mm -hmm. and it's really unpleasant to me but I actually am obsessed with it like I really love it what have you been pleasantly surprised with what have you been like I don't I don't understand the hype maybe my favorite blind buy it wasn't exactly a blind boy because I smelled smelled it on uh Brennan Flynn who's also a big fragrance head Mm -hmm. so he is a beautiful actor and uh he just smells so gorgeous. And um, Ben John Bohem by Diptyque. Oh, uh, I love. Smells so great on him. I love that fragrance. I love that I fragrance. love Ben John Bohem. And yes. um, so I wore Ben John Bohem um, most of like the time I was in New York. I was shooting a movie that's out now called Fire Island. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, my character in that in that film wears Ben John Bohem. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I was... With all these like beautiful men, and so I wanted to be sort of like one of them and wear the most male fragrance that I had. So Ben John Bohem to me is very male. I don't think of fragrance as being very gendered, but to me mm-hmm. that's a very male scent. And uh, so that was a but good. But that blind one's a little buy. fecal as well. I would say it's like it's it ambery is. and warm, but it's got that. There's that little fecal thing going on there. It's sort of sweaty. Yeah, and it's sort of. I think it's the Ben John. Yeah, which I don't have much experience with as a note i i have the um i think i have the ben john uh is it ben john 10 or i don't know what number it is but that it's Lalabo the Lalabo. One? Mm-hmm. yeah um that's like the moscow scent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the city exclusive for moscow but uh i think i don't know there's something about it there's something also kind of oud which i love uh, my cat's name is uju oud is that's one of my favorite notes in perfume, but it's kind of a that's another very um, it's an acquired taste, you know. Mm-hmm. Oud is something that's so uh, and it's hard to sort of figure out, but it I don't know exactly what it smells like because it's not wood, 
Mm-hmm. It's just something uh, very deep and intimate and uh, involving. Yeah, it's hard to describe it, but you know it when you smell it. And it also has range because mm-hmm. there's different types of oud. So sometimes it can feel sort of like smoky, warm, and sweet. And then sometimes you can get one that feels very like barnyardy, animalic. Yes. It's very, uh, yeah, it, it's very like hay-like, but not in a vetiver way. It's like old hay that's at the bottom. It's very interesting. Well, I also have a cat named after my favorite note, which is Violet. So I mean, oud and Violet, we got to get them together. Have a little. I think that's perfect. perfect. How cute. Yeah. I think that like um, that my cats actually kind of know when I have perfume on because it means I'm going to go to bed. And so they all get sort of excited and they get in bed and they're always like kind of sniffing up on me. So they don't seem to mind the mm-hmm. perfume too much. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So with my cat, like she's always she's right now not on top of me, which is a rare time. She usually is. But if I'm like doing, if I'm smelling a lot of things on different blotters, I'll sort of like be like, do you want to smell? I don't know if that's like animal testing. Like, I don't know if I should, if that's not a good idea. But she's always so like up in my face that I'll just like be like, smell it. And she has strong reactions. Like there are times she'll smell something and like jump off the table and run away. But there are times where she'll Mm. just like, I'll see her nose and she's just kind of like taking it in. And I'm like, I think Violet likes this fragrance. Like it's, it's so interesting thinking about just like what animals react to. Yeah, I think that they probably don't go with the citrus notes. Like, mm-hmm. I think mine don't love the citrus notes, and then that's kind of, like, um, maybe a problem. Like, if I put on, like, Petite Matan, which is a mm-hmm. little little praised of Kirkjan, which I think is a really great, beautiful, fizzy thing, or, like, Limet. Mm-hmm. Um, thirty is up limit thirty three something like that. It's a number. The, it's that it's that city exclusive one, right? It's super. It's like a Pez candy type vibe, right? It's very Pez. It's also, but that's also very body. So there's something yeah. about some of those like La Labo city exclusives, like the Rose Rose thirty one, which I think is Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about them that have like kind of a cuminy body sort of um, depth to them, which I think are, is really weird. With, with in Limette, it's almost like um, margaritas or <laughs> or something. Yeah, I don't know, but it is yeah. very pez. What are the like discontinued tragedies in your life? What are you mourning um, or like having a hard time getting your hands on? Oh, uh, the lemon version of Love's Baby Soft. So okay. it's like. Um, I don't know what it's called, like, but it, it, it was the same company as Love's Baby Soft, but it mm-hmm. was like a lemon thing, um, which I think uh, is probably discontinued. I also got one in the in the 90s. I got a huge box from Dolly Parton of her makeup. And in there it was the Dolly fragrance. <laughs> and I don't have it anymore. I don't think it's made anymore. So Wait, what was the old Dolly? Because fra- there's a new Dolly fragrance, but I don't think I know the old one. The old one, I mean, maybe the new one is an, a reformulation, but the old one, ha- it sort of came with her all of her, she had a skincare element oh, as well that okay. had the same kind of like oil of Olay mm-hmm. smell. Okay. But um, that I, I, I really, I miss. I miss also um, a strawberry oil, like a, a head shop strawberry oil that's very literal greeny, mm-hmm. green wild strawberry. Mm. Um, a very synthetic strawberry, which I think 
I, I couldn't I couldn't find anywhere like a that sort of very green kind of literal strawberry smell. I would you like a recommendation? Yes. Hildi Soliani Fragola Salata is and I'll, I'll I'll send these here. But it's like this it's just like happy strawberry juicy so mm. sweet so realistic gives you sort of like that like 90s doll head vibe. But very, very yeah. juicy, very, very strawberry. And it, it just is a very happy, fun scent. And it kind of reminds me of like just any of those like strawberry body splashes or lotions or lip glosses or anything like that that you would have got in the 90s. Mm, I do love, I love that like, uh, I, I love that kind of like a s- sort of a very literal smell. Also the 90s um, Demeter. Oh, yeah. Um had like sort of like cola scents and mm-hmm. like seven up scents or like ginger ale. Like to me, those are really iconic and really beautiful. I do mm-hmm. love like a soda scented. It, it is, it's sort of like a Dr. Pepper seven up soda smell, which I, I really, really love. I like that too. I, I think those scents are always fun. And I like just like something that feels sort of like effervescent and like bubbly on skin. Yeah. I do love like a citrusy, uh, no, I mean, I don't wear that many citruses, but I think that it's to me like it's just really beautiful. Um, I, I think that like there's certain what is the house that they're going offline for a couple of years and they're coming back? I tell you, you were talking about yeah. I think their perfumes that that I kind of freak out like when the like Clement if Clementine goes away or yeah, the pomelo, the pomelo, like I'm like, oh sh- shit, should I just go? Like, buy everything like I don't know I'm scared I wonder if there's like a strategy for like sales of like let's say we're like closing and going out of business because they clean shop I mean they have like they sold all of their inventory which is kind of when you think about like a brand sort of folding that almost never happens to like just completely clear out like that but then they were like don't worry we'll be back so I feel like they kind of got the best of both worlds like they're going to be able to like reinvent themselves come back with whatever it is they're working on and not have any of that overhead of any of the bottles. Um, there, there was a a K drama called My I- My Idea Is Gangnam Beauty, mm-hmm. and one of the uh, plot points in it is they use an atelier, uh, a shop, and that one of the uh, people that work works sort of in like headquarters is like an executive at that company and they used all the branding and they actually like shot inside of an atelier shop. Like it was like so incredible. And so I was like so excited for the brand. And then I I went and I bought a a full bottle of like the Clementine, is it Clementine, California, Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. That's such a, it's such a good, just like fresh citrus, like every day. I do love their, uh, the utility of their fragrances they're not Mm -hmm. necessarily like those like gorgeous sort of like laying in bed poetic smells like muscravage or you know uh, carnal flower but they there is something that is so utilitarian about uh the way that you could just put them on and just go um i i I think that that's just they're just a great everyday perfumer yeah how so speaking of and i know you've talked about like you know what you'd wear out on a date or with friends or a show or sleeping, but like, how would you describe your fragrance aesthetic if you had to boil it down? Um, my fragrance aesthetic is that like, it, it, it is almost that anything goes and that I can find um, a lot to enjoy from like old fragrances like fracas mm-hmm. or um, things like just old sort of, even like a white diamonds or like, 
<laughs> you know, these sort of like old, old school, like Anjali or Charlie or like a drugstore like Emerald or any sort of a Cody mm-hmm. um, fragrance. Like there's something to be enjoyed on every level. I mean, I don't think I would always wear some of the, the aldehydes is where it makes, that's where I sort of draw the line. Like, okay, this is a little bit like weird and gives me a headache mm-hmm. and old lady. But I just, I love the world of perfume and I love uh, everything about it. To me, it's an obsessive art form Mm -hmm. that I can definitely get into. And it's surprising the people that love it. They love it so obsessively. I mean, a lot of people just say, oh, like I just throw this on, you know, whatever, like an oil or whatever. They don't really think about it very much. But the people that are really thoughtful about it, I think it's just so amazing. I agree. I mean, as you know, I'm, I'm deep in this world. And if, for example, I don't know, maybe just putting it into the universe, if you were to create your own fragrance, what would it smell like? And would you get into the celebrity of it? Like, you know, how it's like, you know, like Britney Spears or Ariana Grande, or would it just be like something else that you're behind? Well, I like, um, I, oh, you know what? I'm sad that's discontinued. Hmm. Sarah, good, Sarah Jessica Parker's fragrance. She stash. had good, fra- yes, that's a good woody scent. It's a great woody scent, mm-hmm. and it's kind of, it reminds me a lot of Book by Commodity. Commodity yeah. is another house that I really, really love. love I love um, I love all of their scents, but that the book is like, if you're burnt out on Centel 33, because it's so popular, mm-hmm. and you sort of smell it everywhere, Go, for, but you like the smell, go for book. Book is a really, really great I one. I 100% um, agree. It's so good, but I think uh, Stash is really because it it's woody but there's also it's like stash of books but it's also pistachio mm-hmm. it is the weirdest like greeny nutty smell but i think she's so she obviously must be um a, a fragrance lover as well Definitely. but yeah i think that i i uh i would get into um fragrance but i i feel like i just couldn't be able to decide and then also if it came to the flankers yeah, because I think that's what it is. So, when, like when when a celebrity has a, f- a fragrance, it's kind of mostly about the flankers, right? Okay, well, let's just <laughs> let's say that someone was like Margaret, we're ma- you're making a perfume, and it's just going to be like exa- it's just exactly what you want. You can only make one. What's the first thing that comes to mind of like this note's got to be in it? I think yuzu because Ooh. it's a bitter citrus. Yeah. And it's the most floral of the citruses. Mm-hmm. And it's the most um it, it, I think that yuzu is 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 kind of like it's the most bitchy citrus. Yes. Because it's like, yes, I'm a lemon. But I'm not. <laughs> like, but I'm not. Girl, I'm rare. Like it's a <laughs> very rare note. It's a very weird note. It's abrupt. Yep. Like it's there and it's gone. Yeah. It's so fast. So I think yuzu, salt, um, basil. Okay. Uh, so there's like, I like an herbal sharpness. Yeah. And then uh, on a bed of like pencil shavings. Wow. Yuzu, salt, basil, and just that that cedar vibe. Honestly, I love that. And I also think that yuzu mm-hmm. sometimes gives that soda vibe. There's something so bubbly about it. It does. So I feel like you're, it does. I feel like we're getting like a, like a, Nice little basil cedar soda. Soda, like it's it's carbonated. There's something about like yuzu that is so um, 
it's poppy. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's almost got bubbles in it that pop. It, it's the strangest scent because it's just so abrupt and it's almost like it's in your nose and then it's out. Right. And then you can't smell it again. So that that's just something like that I love about. I mean, there's such an everyday quality to our citrus scents, but then yuzu really elevates it. Who is the most fragrant person in your life and what do they smell like? Um, my most fragrant person in my life is, well, it, it's actually not great, but she is very eccentric and uh, she's somebody that I've worked with time and time again and I always think I'm not going to work with her again, but she's just so interesting. Like she's... Um, Drives a really old Rolls Royce. She's always at least three hours late. <laughs> and she is very wealthy. And she <laughs> wears this, like, it smells like the earthiest, wettest patchouli that is so literal in um, the wetness and the dampness. It's like soil. It's like the ground. Um but it's, it's very sensual and beautiful. And I, I find her so fascinating, but the smell of her lingers in my nose. I mean, she has a kind of car that has a bar inside. What? So it's a very, it, like her whole lifestyle to me is like really incredible, but she's always so late all the time that I don't ever want to see her. Mm-hmm. But she's very, she's, a, she's an older lady. She's quite beautiful. You're not really sure how old she is, but she's just... She's kind of like what I want to be, but I don't want to be as late. <laughs> so that, but her smell is very much like that earthy. Um, you know, when you, if you took patchouli and a blotter and you burnt it mm-hmm. and then you had the blotter, that's what it smells like. It's like a burnt into your skin, but ashy, but patchouli, but it's beautiful. It's very fragrant. Okay. Are you ready to play? What's that smell? Mm, what's that smell? Yes. Okay, I'm going to weave in all the questions I didn't ask you before. So, Margaret, what is the smell of Baccarat Rouge 540 to you? Baccarat Rouge uh, 540 is like when I would try to wear my mom's shoes when I was like a little kid. It's like a, a young woman trying to play dress up to be like a an adult. Yes. You know, I'm going to be a, a grown up. But, but to me, there's something very childlike mm-hmm. about the smell that, I mean, it's not unpleasant and I don't mind a... a a sort of a fruity thing, but it, it's not necessarily for me. I think if I were going to go for something like that, I would go for Pose of Berlin, mm-hmm. which to me is just as uh, playful and fruity, but it's a little bit more, um, it has a more gravitas. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would go for. Mm, poets, okay. What is the smell of um, your childhood home? Oh, my childhood, I think it's kind of uh, like um, ebony wood. Mm. We had the Korean furniture that um, had very sharp corners because all of the corners are done in metal. So it's like really sharp. You really cut your leg on it if you bang your leg on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the the wood is a very old. It smells like old wood, almost like oud. Mm. But it's got that sort of like ebony wood smell. That and um, a kind of uh, a, a lot of chive and oniony kind of like very sharp cooking smells mm-hmm. that are kind of part of like my heritage. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like onion, it, it's mostly um, allium. It's allium and old wood. Mm. Okay. What is the smell of LA? LA smells, um, I think it does, it's vetiver. 
LA is a sheepra. Hmm. It's an unexpected sheepra. Oh. It's like a new sheepra. It's it's actually cowboy grass is very evocative of LA to me. Oh, interesting. Um, it's like grassy, dry. There's a drought. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, that's very like a dusty L.A., California vibe. I think that's what it is. Mm, I love that. Okay. What is the smell of New York City? Um, New York uh, smells like, what is that like nut, roasted nuts? Nuts for nuts. Smell nuts for nuts. It's like the candied nuts mm-hmm. on top of sort of like a st- hot steam. Um, and there's a little bit of a ch- uh, sort of a hot chocolate. There's something like a hot drink going on. Mm-hmm. Um, in the New York smells. Also, there's um, a little bit of like a kind of kind of very heavy water in the air. So there's like a humid smell. So it's like heat, nuts, spice, caramel. To me, that's a very caramel. It's a gourmand. Ooh, New York City. Okay, we got a sheepra in LA and a gourmand in in New York. What is the smell of love? To me, the smell of love, it's probably a very clean musk, mm-hmm. um, like a clean skin scent. I have like the little like bottle. I think that it's, uh, I, th- I think you have it because I saw it in a screenshot of your perfume collection on TikTok. It's the one that's got sort of like, um, maybe it's an Arabic, it looks like a Moroccan tile or something, Nama like amber. an Arabic print and it's a little, yeah. Yeah. It's that amber musk. Yeah, I love that. That's, the, to me, the smell of love. I love that. That's in my bathroom. I have a perfume refrigerator because I want to keep everything, like, perfectly, like, the same as, like, perfume skincare is in my refrigerator. But I, there's certain scents that I keep out. So that's one I keep out. Also, I keep my Be Delicious, which is such a weird... I love Be Delicious. I kind of really like I it. I know. You know, bring it I back. Love it's it. so good. So many brands are trying to imitate it, come up with this, like, good, juicy apple... It exists. It's DKNY Be Delicious. It's been written. I love Be Delicious. It so makes my mouth water, and I keep that in my kitchen, so just to have it. Ah. I love. I also love the bottle as as an apple. I think it's such a cute and funny, delicious, very 90s fragrance. It's so good. Hey, guys. Just coming in here to warn anyone who might be a little extra sensitive to background sounds. There is a little bit of dog barking going on in the next minute or so of the episode. If that is something you are sensitive to, you might want to just skip over the next minute or lower the volume slightly. That is all. Back to the episode. Okay, well, we need to go back. I need to take a back step because you said you store all your perfumes in a refrigerator. What's the situation? How big is your collection? And where where are they? Um, They're all in a refrigerator. And I think I have... Gosh, in there, maybe a hundred bottles, which they're packed in to the the back, and then there's quite a few uh, bottles that I have just sort of out mm-hmm. right now. The one that I I've sort of been spraying a ton is Pesh Cardinal by MDC. I love, I love Pesh Cardinal. It is like one of my all time favorites. I am absolutely obsessed. Lucia, she's not gonna stop. The, everything about it is beautiful. The bottle's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought it in Dublin when I was there uh, working. And I just, I, I think MDC is really a great perfumer. People don't talk a lot about their perfume. Yeah. But I think it's just beautiful. And mm-hmm. and Pesh Cardinal is really, it's one of those ones that, if you know, you know. Like, it's, it, so it's very special. 
but yeah, the, if, if anything, it, I, Pesh Cardinal does have that sort of old movie star glamour mm -hmm. that I think is so magic. And um, even the juice is is kind of a, a pinky peach color. And, and the bottle, if you get a full bottle, it's got like an actual tassel. With all of the fragrances that you have in your collection, at this point, are you more of a collector or do you feel like you really try and wear everything in your collection? I try to wear everything in my collection, and I'll actually move them around. Um, you gotta, you know. And if I've worn something a lot, I like kind of push it, push it aside, mm -hmm. and I'll wear something else. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think like uh, I'm definitely a collector. Although my collection has lapsed during the pandemic, because it's like one of my great pleasures is to go to Lucky yes. Scent and smell everything it's the best. and i haven't been back since so that i look forward to so in your collection what is the fragrance you're most proud of that you've uh, that you have a bottle of um i think the fragrance that i have i probably the serge lutin mm -hmm. uh feel yeah, yeah. it's so beautiful and so pricey i mean all of serge lutin's is like very expensive i mm -hmm. think so uh that i think oh um Botanica Aromica. I think I have a perfume called Monstera, mm, I don't know which it. I think is, um, it's so beautiful. And I grow Monsteras, so I, I actually agree. It, it, it is a little bit calyx-like. Okay. Uh, there's something about it that's kind of fruity, but with like a sort of like very green feeling. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do love uh, that one. It's a, it's a, I think it's a Mexican uh, brand, mm. Mexico City okay. brand, Mexico City perfumer, but I love oh, it. Oh, wow. Okay. The final question of the podcast, what is the smell of Margaret Cho? <laughs> the smell of me is wood shavings and pine and, and a fast yuzu and it's dogs, it's cats, it's many plants. It's very green. It's more stem than bloom. Okay. I like that. Stemmy dog cat plants yuzu. <laughs> Gotta have the yuzu. <laughs> Margaret, it's so fun talking to a, a fellow fragrance lover. I'm so happy to be connected to you and I, I love I love your passion. And where can people well also everyone go watch Fire Island on Hulu. Where can everybody find you, follow you? Um, people can find me on the road. I'm can be found uh, at, at margaretcho.com for my tour Ooh. dates, but I'm at Margaret Cho on Twitter. Margaret underscore Cho on Instagram and the Margaret Cho on TikTok. And uh, yeah, you can uh, watch Fire Island on Hulu. And I'm also on Standout, uh, which is a big LGBTQ special on Netflix, which came out yesterday. Oh, exciting. Okay, so, I'm going to watch that. That's so awesome. Yes. Um, when, is your t when does your tour start? I will go back on the road starting next week in Kansas City. Amazing. So it'll be June 16th, and then I'm on tour for the rest of every for the rest of time hopefully okay amazing well i'll find a screenshot of your tour dates and i will post that with this episode so that people can go check you out margaret it has been perfect a pleasure and a joy thank you so much thank you perfumer is edited by wyatt peak music is by max vernon and illustrations are by israel rodriguez 